Before we get started today, I wanted to direct your attention to d2cplus.co where we have $1 trials for our private membership community where you're going to get access to all of our amazing workshops and challenges like the Influencer Flywheel Challenge, the Automation Challenge, and the Standout with Snapchat, our Snapchat uh, challenge that we just finished recording. You'll get a full course library. You'll get access to our private group. You'll get access to these podcasts uh, when they are recorded where you can ask questions live. Uh, you're going to want to join d2cplus.co and you can do it right Right now for a dollar. So you should go there right now, d2cplus.co, join for $1 only and get all of that awesome D2C goodness. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. I am Eric Dick and I am here with the Pilot House team and we are doing a deep dive today on user generated content, which is why we have brought the head of our newly formed uh, user generated department, user generated content department, Angela Meadows, along with senior meter buyers, senior media buyers, Nate Van Canet and Liam Robinson. Welcome to the podcast. Angela, how are you doing? Good. I'm great. Happy to be on my first time on the podcast. Uh, that's right. We've worked together for many years in other things. And you know, while I was doing other podcasts and that we were just saying, this is the first time we're actually turning the camera on you. Uh, yes. How do you feel? Um, good. I'm excited. This will be, I tried to avoid being on camera for all of iStack, but uh, here I am. <laughs> nice. I think to frame the conversation, why don't we start with a little bit about, you know, the role that you've taken on at Pilot House and kind of what it means. Yeah, like basically at Pilot House, we discovered that UGC is the most important type of ads. Um, and so we developed a department all around it. Like we have these amazing, amazing media buyers that um, have, you know, scaled any campaign they've been given. But this has really been like the lever that we wanted to invest in. So, yeah, now we have a whole department and we're, yeah, UGC is our thing. Amazing. Uh, and so what are you guys seeing on the on the on the front end on the front lines with with user generated content like let's maybe start with the the kinds of user generated content that people should be thinking about who can take mm -hmm. a stab at those. Well, I think like for me user generated content is like the definition it's like the umbrella and underneath there it's anything from like the spectrum is reviews of products to like celebrity endorsements and like anything in between is user generated content. Um, so we're really trying to figure out like, how do we match the type of user generated content that's going to scale campaigns for brands and like that match is like what we're looking for. So we'll work with any type of, you know, anywhere in the spectrum, any type of content, um, but that like match with the person creating the content and the type of content they're delivering and the brand and the and the consumers, like that's the match that we're looking for. That's what we're focused on. And how do you find that? Is it, is it just again, it's pilot out. So I know that the answer is iteration. Yeah, exactly, iteration. Like cast a wide net of creators that we're reaching out to for every brand, like quickly see what works. Um, and then just like drilling down on the ones that hit with the audience and, and yeah, creating iterations. Very but cool. like cast that wide net, then find partners that work with you, content creators that work with you that resonate with the brand that are gaining that trust from the audience. And then it's just about like repeating that process, finding other people that will resonate with the brand. 
I love it. It feels like there's there's two there's two sides of the conversation here. There's the whole influencer side of things where you're really, you know, you're it's really about the person and really about that, you know, that the way they might appeal to your audience, whether it's their organic posting or their or whether you're advertising through like a white a white listing or dark dark posting mm-hmm. type situation. And then there's the side of just like the content. Like a lot of the times on YouTube, you're just seeing content of people experiencing a product uh, and you don't know if they're famous or not. It just just seems to be like the main mode of ad is just that like base level of content. What yeah, kinds like of think, that kind of content are working well? Sorry, you can go ahead though. If you, I can, I I can jump in like, here a little bit. Sorry, go, go ahead. You, you go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. Um, you know, like influencers are definitely like one part of it. I think like we're trying to focus on content creators being it like, do they define themselves as an influencer or not? Do they have their own following or not? It's really more about like the content they're creating, not about their following for us. Makes sense. Um, because we're going to scale it in our ads for the brand. Um, yeah. And so I, well, I just, and I, I can, yeah, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, when it comes to like the whole influencer versus just content thing, we definitely find that like, even when running dark posting and whitelisting, like the amount of followers and, and the actual influence of, of the person doesn't matter nearly as much as it would if you're obviously trying to do like organic posts or anything like that or features. Um, because like Ange said, we're, we're going to be scaling the content through our paid media efforts. Um, and so we're more looking for somebody who, like she said, matches our, you know, direct target customer and can create content that our target customer is resonating with. Um, and, and so that, that can be in the form of, you know, UGC mashups, product review videos. It could be literally like a product sitting there and it's just a picture of it. Um, with like a thumbs up or something like that, or like a selfie with a product or a- any kinds of these, uh, these types of content we're seeing work really, really well. That's interesting. And that's just because they're authentic and in the feed and they, they, they don't look like an ad. They look like someone in your social network sort of opinion of a product. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is just, it's, it's a volume game. So the more people a person sees with a product, the more likely they probably are to buy it because that's, that's all just social proof. You know, if somebody sees, a hundred different people using the same product and saying it's great, they're probably going to think it's better than a product where they've seen, you know, one influencer that a brand has worked with, you know, endorsing a product. It's just like, that's obviously just a person endorsing that product. Whereas what we're doing with a hundred different people is, you know, it's a, a wide web of people that are, are endorsing this product. And so it just makes it look a lot better. Yeah. I think it's like the goal is to create trust in the brand and the product. And yeah, like having people experience this product for you is about like creating trust, especially now when like, we're not going to stores because of COVID. Like we need other people to experience products and like touch products and like tell us like about them, interact with them for us now. So like the trust is like the main thing, I think. That's really interesting. And and I brought it up on the, I think my last three podcasts, but the, and I got to remember the name of the the Chinese shopping network where people are literally just shopping professionally and and live streaming it. And that's- Yeah, it's with a T. Yeah, Taobao? Taobao, I think. Yeah, Taobao. And and that's what it's all about. It's just seeing other people experience these these kinds of shopping uh, moments. It's going to be interesting to see whether that comes here or not. Angela, I wanted to ask, I think it will. I wanted to ask um, how much, uh, I guess there's two questions. I'm interested about discovery, but I'm also interested about how you communicate with the influencers about how much direction you're giving them on the kinds of videos you want them to send or whether they know. Maybe let's let's start with discovery. Where, where, where are we discovering influencers to find the ones that match? Mostly Instagram. Like I think people who like to create content um, 
are are openly projecting like that they want to create content on Instagram. I think like that's the easiest one. Just organically, um, just sort of like searching, grinding, yeah, pound, pound on the pavement. Like not necessarily like influencers like posting products, but just like if you're the type of person that likes creating videos, it's easy to like spot those people on Instagram. Interesting. Like if they're passionate about a niche, a niche, it's like on their Instagram whether they consider themselves a content creator or not. So it's it's like Instagram's the easiest searching, you know, hashtags of like we have uh, like a cleaning product. I've been searching like hashtag like cleaning. Like you'd be surprised at like how many people videotape themselves cleaning. Um, and TikTok's the other one, I think. Like you, like you know, people who are creating awesome content on TikTok like really know what they're doing. So if you need great video, like that's where to go. What do you got, Liam? I was just going to say, and, and with TikTok specifically too, like it's such a huge part of, of the success with different pieces of content is like enthusiasm. And I think that just speaks to sort of the, the whole push for authenticity. And, and it, it really moves away from, I guess, like what would be considered sort of like polished stuff, like polished content, whether that's video or image. Um, and, and people who are specifically good at infusing uh, enthusiasm into, into content, it, it makes a huge difference. And it can sometimes even be uh, more important than the message itself is like how they actually deliver, uh, how the, the actual delivery of the, of the video. Yeah, like TikTok creators are already thinking about like increasing their views. So they sort of like have the same goals in mind as we would, like they're already thinking about grabbing people's attention, like stopping the scroll, those sort of like, uh, you know, that's what we want content creators to be thinking about. They're already like on that page. The interesting observation I have, it's funny, like just even doing this podcast, like, hello and welcome to, you know, like when you, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's like stage makeup. It's like, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you were back in the day, you put this heavy oil makeup on, they still do. I think when you're in, uh, you know, on movies or whatever, because you have to, you have to sort of appear bigger than you normally would in real life, which is what you see from TikTok as well. Right. These extreme motions, these fast sort of like eye catching sort of things that, that really hook people in. Um, and, and most creators, I guess, know how to do this. And you're really looking for the ones that, that stand out, I guess, more too. You're looking for the ones that you feel most enthused, enthused about because uh, you know the customers um, might feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. There's a level of creators that are already like doing that. They like, like that's why TikTok creators are so good. Like they already get that, like stop the scroll, like grab people's attention. But then like when you're working with, you know, brands that just need to get their product in people's hands, they just need like that authentic, product demos, um, like testimonials, explainer videos, you do want to reach out to real customers or people that represent real customers. And then it is about sort of explaining what this is going to look like at the end product for them so that they can, you know, create these videos, testimonials that are, that are going to actually be good in ads. I think that, I think there's like a fine balance you need to find between trying to get someone like you, Eric, that's like, obviously like good on camera and like knows how to catch somebody's attention and trying to find someone that's like super, super authentic. Maybe they don't even feel comfortable in front of a camera and yeah. that's clear in the video. It's super clear that they're just a customer that likes the product. You know what I mean? That is the fine balance. We're always that's trying good. to. Yeah. It's like genuine, like they're genuinely yeah. like they mean what they say. And I guess like another one with that too, is like, we, you know, like we do like tons of like Angela, I know like the last like, few weeks we've been really hammering um like just volume of, of people for for the uh you know fitness brand that we're working with and like a, a big one is like once you find like specific angles like if you're gonna if you have like um 
like a workout equipment business and you know that for a particular product like the best feature is this one thing and this is why people are, are so super interested like letting like taking the sort of like influencer UGC content one step further and say hey like we don't just want like a review we want you to specifically talk about like this feature and like why this is beneficial to you and like it, it can really um like that's a great way to sort of find scale when you sort of take winning components of current uh, content and angles. And then you use that as sort of like the template for the sort of content you're looking for. Um, it's, it's a great way of sort of like uh, guiding the content creation and, and usually ends up with, with better stuff. For sure. And, and we, even, we even do like a buffer where we'll try it first ourselves. Like we'll get either ourselves or the client or people on their team to make like these UGC style videos and test a bunch of different stuff and then we'll find winners and then get a, a ton of people influencers to make because obviously it's going to be a little bit expensive if you're trying to get creators or influencers to to do the testing for you and like try a bunch of different stuff that you don't know is going to work so we'll kind of do it on our end first figure out what works like liam just said like a certain feature a certain thing in a video and then get them to to replicate there's a scrappy nature to UGC, and I don't think we have to hide that. You know what I mean? Like, percent. We, we can talk about Dennis all day, who's who's an employee that an alter <laughs> ego that one of our employees yeah. has. But but you know, you really you know, I think that's a really great insight. Is that um, you know, with any of this stuff, being scrappy is is not going to hurt you. And and the, the internet is so so vast that as you you know you just get just get data on what works. I wanted to ask, can you can you tell? What, what's going to work? Are you surprised by what ends up working? Or can you sort of like, look, you know, when you get sent a bunch of UGC, you can be like, that one's going to win. That, that, that one's going to be good. What's your hit rate like? Honestly, it, sometimes it's super random. Most of the time I'd say it's like, I know generally what is going to work because I've been working on account for X amount of time. And I know, you know, what works, but sometimes it'll be like something super weird. Like this person is just in a super weird setting. Like we'll, we'll email our list of customers or we'll reach out to a bunch of creators on, on a platform, get them to all shoot us like a general video or a picture that we've, we've told them what to do. And they'll send back random stuff. Like sometimes it'll be in a weird setting. Their background's weird. There's something strange behind them or they're, they're wearing a weird shirt or do they just like look strange. And sometimes that is like what crushes. It's just like yeah, getting a ton yeah. of engagement on Facebook and Instagram, people commenting, sharing it because they think it's funny. And then that just turns into more sales for us. That's super interesting. Um, yeah, you just never know what micro expression or what, you know, what is going to resonate with people, what they're going to see themselves in, or, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing how complex our communications are as humans. So, you know, when you find one of those things to latch on. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Angela, you know, you know, developing this, this sort of department right now, um, how, how do you determine what you're going to offer each influencer? Is that sort of, do you have a standard thing? Is it dependent on their size? Like how, how do you go about the compensation side of the influencer thing? With the, it sort of depends on like what type of content they create and like the, the quality of their content they create. Like in most cases, because we're interested in the content, like for these ad campaigns, it's not based on their ad size, whereas lots of other like influencer platforms, they will price based on their followers. And their reach, yeah. And their reach. Like we're more focused on the quality of their content um, or just like how well they fit a brand. They fit a brand's like avatar. Um, it's just, it's all about negotiation basically. Like the most important thing is that the product like matches their personal brand 
or like their identity. And like, if you find that perfect match, it's easier to negotiate like on price and what kind of content they'll deliver to you. If they like the product and they like actually want to use it, it's going to be much easier. So I think like that's the main focus, finding those good fits. And then it's really like all about negotiation. Like we are trying to build up this, we're building up this um, creator network so that we will have people in different niches who can work with us across like multiple uh, products in the one niche. That's making it easier for us to negotiate with them because we have a bunch of opportunities for them. Very cool. Um, on the ad side, like I'm just, just what, what are the kinds of UGC that are popping across your campaigns? Uh, right now, Liam KG, uh, Hitchcocks was just like, you gotta get Liam in here. He's got, he's got a bunch of uh, amazing user-generated content ads. Yeah. Well, like we, I find that reviews work really well, like in, uh, in sort of bottom of funnel, middle of funnel, um, campaigns, like really product focused benefits, um, things like that, where people are, are talking to like, maybe what I mentioned earlier, like specific features or, um, or why this particular product works really well for them in terms of top of funnel. We have just, we're really focused on volume disrupt, like sort of what Nate was talking about, like the most disruptive sort of pieces of content that we have. We like to sort of um, segment those for, for prospecting and really try to leverage them there. Um, but like a, a great example, I guess I could give here is like uh, same same brand I spoke about. Uh, it's, it's basically home, uh, home gym equipment. Um, and one of the most, uh, sort of powerful themes or angles that we've been really focusing on is people who are, are working out from home and they basically purchase this product because they wanted to take control of their workouts and work out from home and UGC where they're working out like in their living room like their TVs or their couch or whatever like it's it's like these random places in their house or um, just like sort of the peculiar peculiar aspect of of you know working out if, if it's in a small apartment or things like that um, and typically the really disruptive um, sort of clickbaity more like, yeah, like I, I would, you know, uh, I, I think clickbaity is sort of a, a interesting topic to use for this, but um, like to put that in prospecting and then the actual pieces of UGC that are, are, are a lot more product centric is when you sort of work those into middle of funnel and bottom of funnel campaigns. I love it. I, I feel like one of the difference between the kind of content we're talking about and, and stuff, you know, more traditionally thought of as influencer marketing is with influencer marketing, you have a lot of, hi, it's me. This is a product I love. And they sort of hold it here. But what I've heard from, from you, you guys a lot is a lot of the ads that work best are, are more sort of a point of view on the actual product experience. Definitely. Yeah. Like I, I'm actually using this. I actually like it because mm -hmm. of this and it, things where it's like really easy for the person viewing the ad to like, like understand that and like, oh, if I had that, I would be doing that as well. And maybe I, I should be doing that. Like that's sort of the, the, the whole idea of it. It's like, you're trying to, and like another, like another sort of like hack with that is like a, a big thing we've used in the, in the past with UGC videos is, you know, I heard of this company, I saw a Facebook ad and I, I bought this product and it's like literally walking them through the steps that you went through. Now, like you saw an ad, you were interested, you purchased it. Now you're using it and you, and this is why it's providing value for you. You're sort of working them through those steps themselves of what they could do. And, and you're, you're sort of like laying it out for them. That's interesting. Yeah. Transformation is all about imagining what you will feel like when you are the thing that you desire to be. So I can see, you know, as you describe someone, you know, this transformed my life in this way or whatever, I can see that being incredibly powerful 
in advertising. I wanted to ask, so UGC works better than any other uh, ad formats, but we're not just running UGC, right? Or are we? Are, are there some accounts where we only run user-generated content or are we always retargeting again with more traditional brand messages along with the user-generated content? For me, it's always a mix for sure. But like I, I usually have for a client, I'll have like multiple ad accounts. And for example, we have one client where we have an ad account strictly for UGC and influencer content. Um, where we're mainly doing dark posting and, and whitelisting and we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars through that um, every month. And then for another client, uh, the, way, the way I build my scale campaigns is I'll build out test campaigns that are prospecting and retargeting ad sets. Um, and then I'll put a bunch of different ads in them. And then to build the actual scale evergreen campaigns, I'll take the best performers from the prospecting ad sets of all my test campaigns, the best performers from my retargeting ad sets of all my test campaigns, toss them into the, um, the matching ad sets of my scale campaigns. And honestly, I would say 75 to 80% of the winners that come out of my test campaigns are uh, in both prospecting and retargeting are UGC. Um, but I, I do think it's important to note that it's a little bit different, um, the style of content that works when it comes to running it through your branded account or your branded Facebook page versus like whitelisting or dark posting it mm. through an influencer's account, like influencer or creator's account. Um, because we are trying to leverage the fact that it's actually a different person talking about the product when it comes from the person's account, because, you know, you're seeing that from whoever's name, the ad isn't a sponsored. And it, so it's, I find it better to have both them and the product in the ad. Whereas when we're running it through a branded page or account, um, like Liam was saying, like a lot of times it's, it's equally as good, if not better to just have the product, like a video of the person holding the product from like point of view talking about benefits and why they like it so much. Um, but yeah, when we're running it actually through a person's account uh, for dark posting or whitelisting, I do find it better to have the person in the, in the ad as well. Nice. So for people that want to get started today, like you just start filming stuff, start, start getting your product in a nicely lit situation, start filming, you know, have someone over your shoulder filming you using it kind of thing. Just, just start making video content around, around your products and, and kind of expand from there. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah if, I think, sorry, go ahead. If go ahead, you Angela. like are trying to build up your customer base, like just get your product in people's hands and get, and just start creating content like that. Like you need to build that trust if you're trying to, you know, introduce your brand or your product to people. So just like get it in people's hands, get them like filming it, using it in real life and just like start building that trust that way. Love it. Yeah. And I think, and, I think it's smart I, to test the content yourself first. Like I said, like like you shoot a UGC style video, like try all these things that we've just said yourself, run it as an ad. If it works, you know, UGC works for that product, then reach out to a bunch of people and try and get them to do the same thing. Nice. Totally. It's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like rapid iteration. And uh, a lot of the time, you, even though like, like you were saying, Nate, like when you have been in the, in the trenches of an account for a long time, you definitely have a better grasp on what you think is going to, you know, what content is good and what, what might not be. But like time and time again, like you'll be surprised. Of, of, it could just be a static image and it may be something that really carries a lot of the spend and, and you know, provides more scale. So mm -hmm. exactly, I think it's just like a get to it volume thing. Um, and also just uh, different, different styles, like images, videos, different perspectives, um, even different demos, things like that. Um, the more, the better. And I think it's important not to get locked into what you think will work and like the type of person you think will work. Like I said, like it, it could be somebody that doesn't even really match with your, your customer demo, but 
for some reason it just like clicks and and the people that are seeing that content like it maybe they think like the person looks funny it could be something as simple as that and for some reason those ads work so it's it's important to not like silo yourself by saying you know this is the type of person I want to promote my product and this is all I'm going to go with because it could be something completely different that works. I think about Josh Elizeche on snow and and getting, I forget his name, Beetlejuice. There's a a celebrity that's sort of known for being famously ugly and having terrible teeth. And he used him as an influencer one time. I thought that was a really interesting way to work against type. Uh, Nice. Well, thanks for coming on, but yeah, Liam, one more thing, one more value. I was just going to say one, like what, this is just sort of based on what like you were just saying, Nate. It's like the other thing is like even if you found your perfect demo and like you have a like you just see that's crushing, it's like it will eventually experience fatigue. And like the the more variety like in the, the demos that you have, like like theoretically, like the broader your reach will go. Um, which is why like it's super important to not get like locked into one um like this is what works, this is what we get. It's like eventually it will run out of steam and you'll you'll need to find something new. And as you go, you know, as you, you try different things, it's kind of like gold coin testing in a way too. You'll learn, oh, this worked when I did this, or you'll learn new things. Like as you try different kinds of things, you'll learn new things that you can incorporate into future requests, I would imagine as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sure. Nice. Okay. I feel, well, like, I oh, feel yeah. like we like skimmed over whitelisting, dark posting. Like I feel like we could do a whole other podcast about that, but that's like from another yeah. We, we did one yeah. yesterday. We, we talk about it all the time. And it's, I, I, as soon as we started talking about it, I'm like, oh, should we, should we define it? And I think, uh, I think we, we, we always should definitely. And I think let's, yeah, let's, let's book another one a month out. You killed it on your first one, Angela. Um, <laughs> so let's book another one a month out and, and dive a little bit deeper on that stuff. But uh, this was a great first taste of the world of UGC. Welcome to the team. Great to be working with you again. And yeah, let's go to our next meeting. Okay. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks guys. See you guys.